Tonight, we discuss incels and the benefits of sexual competition. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I hope you're doing well. Today we're going to be talking about incels, and that's a term that's been thrown around a lot lately. Colloquially, it's become a trendy new insult to throw at people, but more seriously, the term became mostly popularized because of its connection to uh, mass killings. Yeah. On May 23rd, 2014, one self-proclaimed incel, probably the most well-known of the bunch, Elliot Roger, killed six people and injured 14 in Ella Vista, California before killing himself as well. Then on October 1st, 2015, a man who praised Roger and also espoused incel views killed nine and injured eight at a community college in Oregon again before taking his own life. Next, on December 7th, 2017, another Elliot Roger devotee killed two and himself at Aztec High School in New Mexico. And then, most famously, a van driver killed 10 people and injured 14 others before being arrested in Toronto on April 23, 2018. The attacker had also praised Roger and wrote in an online post before his attack that, quote, the incel rebellion has already begun. And even the shooter at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, once posted online saying, Elliot Roger will not be forgotten. And when it comes to incels, it's important to keep in mind the cultural context at work here. As a society, the fact is we are still, in a way, in the midst of a social discourse about women's rights and men's rights, and how the genders should interact with each other both professionally and personally. And while I think the majority of people out there are perfectly well-adjusted and believe that women and men are getting along just fine and want both genders to have equal opportunities, there are extremists in both the men's and the women's camps that are taking things a little too far. By now, I'm sure we're all familiar with the third-wave feminists who want not just equality for women, but actual superiority. And similarly, while there are men's rights activists out there who do do very important work, they also have their own little rabbit holes. There are these subcultures of things like MGTOW, or men going their own way, and now these incels. And if you haven't heard of it, the MGTOW movement essentially claims that men do not need women at all and should live their lives without them, since according to them, so many interactions between the sexes allegedly disadvantage men. And incels, on the other hand, well, they're not going their own way from women, they actually desperately want women, but they've been rejected by them. And so they hate them. And what specifically are incels angry about beyond general sexual frustration? Well, that's actually a really interesting but also depressing question. They often direct their hatred to Chads and Stacys, which are the names they've given to represent, in their minds, the douches of the world. The people who are attractive, popular, sociable, and yes, having all the sex. And let me tell you, they really hate these chats because there's this idea out there that 20% of men get 80% of women in hookup culture and that's a figure that comes from a now deleted OKCupid okay statistic of a 2009 study that showed that 80% of men were rated to have lower than average looks by women which obviously doesn't make a lot of sense and that's not a very scientific statistic but overall that 80-20 split does fit within the Pareto principle which if you haven't heard of it is an idea dating back to the late 19th century that states that for many events 80% of the effect is determined by 20% of the causes. So basically these incels see a problem with women having too high standards for superficial characteristics in men. Characteristics by the way that the incel community believes there's no way of changing. In their minds the chads are a small group of men 
men who were born handsome but are dumb and brutish. And the Stacys are a large group of women that only appreciate Chad characteristics, typical he-man stuff. And so if you're born as an ugly male, you're just screwed, condemned to a hermit's life according to their thinking. And these incels, that's, that's who they are. They see themselves as passive actors in the dating game and they don't think there's anything they can do to increase their appeal to women. And from what I've seen at least, this just kind of snowballs into them becoming bitter and often not taking care of their appearance, which honestly definitely makes it easier to fulfill that whole little prophecy thing they have going on about them not getting women. And so that whole outlook, that mentality is what I wanted to talk about in this video. Because if you look at what these incels believe, they essentially resent the idea of sexual competition. They hate that these good-looking guys are getting all the girls and they wrongly believe that it all depends on looks and that they can't do anything to make themselves more attractive. But the reality is that sexual competition is, yes, not only real, it's not just coincidence that these same guys and girls seem to be getting all the dates, but it's actually good and necessary. Because you see, whether it's incels or overweight feminists who are trying to redefine beauty standards to include themselves, body positivity movement, I'm looking at you, the underlying theme that's growing among younger generations is that I deserve to be found attractive and I deserve to have a partner. And that's just not how life works. Historically, and honestly for most people still, the search for a lifetime romantic partner has been a combination of, yes, finding someone who you love and who gives you butterflies, but more pragmatically, it's also about finding a partner who you can build a life with. I mean, we're not in high school, most of us, right? And as adults, we do need to be forward-thinking with our relationships. And that includes things like being able to share resources with your partner, provide emotional support and stability, and produce healthy offspring. So choosing your partner isn't like choosing a friend because there's exclusivity there. And people are going to act in their self-interest, okay? They're not going to date someone, or at least not long-term, just to be nice. And in humans, like for literally every other species on the planet, what this has meant is that reproduction has always carried an element of competition to it. Because when you're out there looking for that special someone and trying to get their attention, guess what? Someone else is too. A lot of someone else's, actually. And that's true whether you're a male or a female. As anyone who's dated, like ever will know, there are a limited, very, very limited number of people out there that you would actually want to settle down with and spend more time with. So you've got to make yourself stand out somehow. You've got to have something positive about yourself to get the other person's attention. Whether it's being in shape, skills, assets, humor, intelligence, kindness, confidence, whatever it may be, dating goes a lot easier when you have something to be proud of about yourself, something to draw other people to you. And overall, there are a lot of differences between what specifically men versus women look for in partners, but there are similarities as well. And the incels have it right to a certain extent that regardless of your gender, physical attributes are a component of attracting a mate. That's just how it works. And it is worth mentioning that studies have shown that a partner's looks do matter more to men than to women, but in both cases, our biological impulses are urging us to pick healthy partners. Partners who look like they'll help us produce healthy offspring and partners that look like they'll be alive long enough to actually help raise the children, i.e. they're not going to be dying of a heart attack the day after tomorrow. Some of those markers of what is considered quintessentially attractive obviously do include things that we can't change about ourselves or at least not without major plastic surgery. Things like our overall facial features, symmetry, etc. But when it comes to our general physical health, for the most part, yes, you in fact can and should be doing things 
to be healthy, to be in shape. The opposite sex notices that kind of thing, just like they notice every other signifier that tells them that a life with you and children that came from you would be happy and fruitful. This is how it's worked since essentially we were cavemen, if not before then. And the reason why I say this is a good thing is that it encourages us to be better versions of ourselves. And to be clear, I'm not saying that we should just pretend to be better solely to impress other people, that's not it at all, but we should strive to be the type of person that our ideal mate would want to be with and that the person we love most in this world would be deserving of having. I'm not saying that people have to be perfect to be worthy of dating, but should we each be trying to be the best that we can be and better than we were yesterday? Yes, absolutely. And if your own personal sense of well-being isn't enough motivation to want to improve yourself and be better, then surely the people around you, the people in your life that you love, that should be enough to give you that motivation. However, what we're seeing now is that you take a group of children who have been shielded from any sort of competition and given participation trophies their whole lives and wait until they reach sexual maturity, bam, incels and feminists. That's what you get. Because what happens is that there are people out there who are so not used to competing at this point or of having to hold themselves accountable that when it comes to an unavoidable aspect of competition, like dating, that no amount of belly aching or complaining can get you out of, they end up getting left behind and left out by the people who are striving to be better both for themselves and for the people in their lives. And look, I know it may be hard. It may suck when things don't go your way. I'm sure we all have our own stories of heartbreak here. But ultimately, sexual competition is necessary motivation for a lot of us. So instead of criticizing and sometimes even hating on an entire other gender because you can't get a date, like incels do with women and some feminists do do with men, how about a little introspection? How about asking what you could do differently or what more you could bring to the table? Here's a little advice from Dr. Jordan Peterson. It's like, okay, so you're a young man mm -hmm. and all the women are rejecting you. Who's got the problem? It's not all the women. That's right. a bad road to go down. If all the women are rejecting you, it's you. These men are unattractive to women. I don't mean just physically unattractive. I mean, women aren't seeking them as mates. Mm -hmm. They need to become men. Yes, they certainly do. This is That's what it the is. solution. That's the solution. Absolutely, And we man. both agree on this. So, yes, but, but they need to do that in a society where monogamy is the social norm. And really quick before I go, I do have some announcements. This weekend, I'll be a panelist at Politicon, and I am super excited about it. So if you're in the L.A. area, please come on down. The tickets are still available on Politicon's site. And the next day, on Monday the 22nd, I will be in Arizona speaking at Arizona State University. The College Republicans United are the ones hosting the event, and it is free to attend but they still ask that you RSVP and reserve a ticket just so they can plan for how many people are going to show up. But that's all for now. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you guys next time.